All right, so stem cell therapy and research. This is a cool one. I feel as though not enough people have grasped or even heard of, you know, the extent that stem cells can one day fucking, you know, dramatically help people in a medical sense. So I feel it's important that people have a general knowledge on this subject. Not a specific one, because it's very fucking complex. I don't even understand its entirety whatsoever. Uh, but one day down the road, stem cells may very well save your life. And that's why it's important to know the basics of it, I believe. So the topic of stem cells itself is, like I said, pretty fucking complex. But what I have done is I've broken it down in a way where everyone listening can understand its benefits and how it works. So there won't be any major pressing questions by the time you're done listening to this. So what we're going to do is start with the basic definition of stem cells. Essentially, they are specialized human cells that are able to develop into many different types of cells. Now, this can range from muscle cells to, to brain cells and whatnot. It is believed and it's practically accepted by many researchers in the scientific community that stem cell-based therapies may one day be used to treat serious illnesses such as paralysis and Alzheimer's disease. Now... There's a shitload of different types of stem cells. So what we're going to do is start by looking at what is called pluripotent stem cells. And we're starting with this because pluripotent stem cells have the ability and the capacity to actually self-renew by dividing and developing into three, uh, the three primary germ cell layers of the early embryo and therefore into all cells of the fully matured adult body. So... I'll explain what that means. They can essentially give rise to every cell type in the fully formed body, which is why I emphasize the word adult, except for the placenta and the umbilical cord. Those are the only two. The rest they can do. So in other words, they can essentially produce, pluripotent stem cells can produce any cell or tissue that the body needs to repair itself. Okay? So there are in fact three types of cells that form the human body, and that is the ectoderm, which gives rise to the skin and the nervous system, the endoderm, which forms the pancreas, the liver, uh, the endocrine glands, and the gastrointestinal and respiratory tracts, and then there's the mesoderm, which forms the bone, the cartilage, the circulatory system, the muscles, the connective tissue, and a shitload more, but you know, those are the main ones. Now, as of the time I've conducted my research into this, and as I'm speaking to you right now, it's not exactly clear which type or types of pluripotent stem cells will ultimately be used uh, to create cells for uh, commercial treatment and whatnot, but each type is definitely necessary for research purposes. So as of now, scientists are just beginning to learn the subtle and minute but significant differences between the different kinds of pluripotent stem cells. And... Look, put it this way, there's different kinds of pluripotent stem cells, and pluripotent stem cells are just one of many. So you could see why I kind of wanted to sum this down for you. So there's a bunch of questions that have been asked, and rightfully so, about all this. But I'm strictly going to cover what most people would want to know with respect to stem cells and how they would actually apply to someone who may need them in the future. So most people would want to know how stem cells would actually translate into treatment. As much as the science is, you know, pretty fucking awesome. Most people would want to know how the hell does this translate into treating me. So let's say you went in for stem cell therapy. Doctors would first obtain the pluripotent stem cells that would have to match you genetically through genetic reprogramming, nuclear transfer, or uh, parthenogenesis. Then there would be four crucial steps, which would be number one, grow the pluripotent stem cells to 
a large enough quantity of stable, healthy cells. Two, then the faulty genes would have to be repaired, uh, assuming if the cells carried some kind of disorder, such as sickle cell anemia, then, you know, the cells would have to be turned into a specific cell type or tissue. So kind of like, you know, step 1.52-ish. Then, once a stable, genetically healthy line of pluripotent cells is established, they must be slowly eased into creating specialized types of cells. Now, this is the, the differentiation process. Scientists are actually learning how to duplicate a complex mixture of physical and chemical signals, literally duplicating in laboratories what literally happens in nature. Okay, And finally, they transplant the cells or tissue to the damaged tissue or organ that needs to be fixed and repaired. So again, just to, uh, to reinstate, most scientific study on this literally comes from nature, which is pretty fucking cool. So the cells will then need to reach the right part of the body, take hold, and begin to function. Now, there's a possibility that these new cells could actually be rejected. So that's one kind of downside, if you want to call it, about stem cell therapy and whatnot. But in theory and technically, it could be resolved over the course of time uh, and as we throw like you know more research and development funding into it and all that. Now, by observing how stem cells grow and mature into cells that we then have in our bones, our hearts, our nerves, and all of our other organs, we could actually gain a much better understanding of how diseases and conditions that affect and plague our, modical, uh, our modern medical world actually develop. But why else would there be such an interest in stem cells? Well, first off, aside from actually healing people, stem cells could actually be used in the testing of new clinical drugs before human trials. So worst case, if a certain drug poses threats uh, to humans, we would then know about it prior to even putting it in human trials and attempt to correct that error before even moving on. So, you know, nerve cells could be generated to test a new drug for a nerve disease, right? The test could show if the cells were harmed or if there were any type of other, you know, very negative lasting effects. I mean, in theory, this is actually a perfect way to perfect a drug even before it goes to human trials. And so once it hits the market, there would technically be no need for any kind of revision or, or anything. And so if you were like, I don't know, let's say a drug company, you could actually just focus on the next variation or the next version of it. And you can save a fucking shitload of time and money that would then be put towards more progressive leaning initiatives. So that's like, that's really cool. I find that awesome because I mean, even from a commercial and private sector uh, standpoint, it would save time, money that could be diverted and directed elsewhere, which is awesome. So another question that would be asked is, you know, through the mainstream is that have stem cells been treated in humans yet? And believe it or not, the answer is yes, bone marrow transplants. So bone marrow transplants are actually stem cell transplants. And so we've been doing it for some time now, but not nearly on a scale that this type of technology and advancement could be utilized in, right? We could do way more than just bone marrow transplants uh, with stem cells. Assuming we had more money, uh, whether it was, you know, the money was pumped in commercially or through uh, the government, through government funding to help us learn more. Now, even though I only want to cover the very basic uh, premise of stem cells in this episode, I'd also like to talk about one other type of stem cells, which is embryonic stem cells. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because there's such a controversy around them. So embryonic stem cells are obtained from early stage embryos, okay? A group of cells 
excuse me, forms when a woman's egg is fertilized with a man's sperm in something called an in vitro fertilization clinic. Now, what does in vitro mean? It's essentially a medical procedure where an egg is fertilized by sperm outside of the human body, so in a test tube or in a lab or wherever they may study it. But because human embryonic stem cells are extracted from human embryos, several questions and issues have been raised about the ethics of embryonic stem cell research. Now, where do these, embry uh, these embryos come from? The embryos being used in embryonic stem cell research come from the eggs that were fertilized at in uh, in vitro fertilization clinics, but never actually implanted into a woman's uterus, sort of like, you know, how I just mentioned. The stem cells are donated with uh, informed consent from donors, so completely legit, and the stem cells can live and grow in special solutions in test tubes or petri dishes in laboratories. Now, another question pertains to why adult uh, stem cells simply can't be used instead of embryonic ones. So although research into adult stem cells is actually pretty promising, adult stem cells may not be as versatile or as durable as embryonic stem cells are because, you know, embryonic ones are so young and, and, and fresh. Adult stem, uh, stem cells may not be able to be manipulated to produce all the cell types, which limits how adult stem cells could be used for treat, uh, treating diseases and whatnot. Now, the thing with adult stem cells is that they're more likely to contain abnormalities because of environmental hazards and toxins or, you know, from errors acquired by the cells during replication, right? Um, everyone's different. Everyone's bodies are different. However, even though researchers have found that adult stem cells are more adaptable than we actually first thought many years ago, as it currently stands, nothing replaces embryonic stem cells with regards to its purity uh, its freshness, its originality, simply because it's extracted right from the get-go and it hasn't been altered or effective, affected in any artificial or natural way, oh, right? Now, here's the thing. There's a big concern about the ethics when it comes to stem cell therapy and research. Now, I personally take a very liberal and progressive view on this, but I'll explain why shortly. And before I discuss my opinion on it, let me give you just the straight up facts. So the main premise behind the ethical and moral argument of stem cell research is that it's unethical to destroy human embryos, which is where we get stem cells from. It's also believed to be morally impermissible or wrong to intentionally kill innocent human beings because in fact, the human embryo is a, an innocent human being. So it would, morally be it would be morally wrong to kill a human embryo. Now, before I address that argument, I want you guys to keep in mind that not all stem cell research has to do with the quote-unquote like the killing of human embryos, okay? Most people that study stem cells uh, is not actually like, you know, extracting the embryos themselves. They're actually just studying the cell lines in those embryos. So now that I've made that clear, let's get back to addressing the, the ethics behind, you know, destroying human embryos. Now, this all has to do with the lifelong debate as to when do humans actually begin to exist? So it's fair to argue that humans are alive in their embryonic stages, hence the argument made that, you know, embryonic stem cell research is immoral. However, we also have to look at what having the basic human right to life actually means in certain aspects. Now, I did a thorough reading into arguments made by many different researchers at Stanford University, and it's presumably argued that we regard, you know, mice, pigs, insects, and so on as having the moral status of persons in those possible worlds, where, and what I mean is, the same animals we 
you know, test on. I actually have, the reason why we test on them is because they have the same psychological and cognitive traits that we normally associate with matured human beings. This suggests that it's some higher order mental capacity that grounds the right to life, and yet we still experiment on them. So the question then becomes, if these animals in which we experiment on have the same cognitive behavior that is, you know, the groundwork for the rights to life, whole theory and, and all that, and law rather, you know, globally accepted law, then why still experiment on them? I mean, are we experimenting on them because they're not human? I mean, they're still, they're still living creatures just as we are. And so the debate continues on about this with no conclusion. And so in my own humble opinion, I tend to take a very liberal and progressive view on this subject. And that's, although we must, like, although we must toe a certain line, even though we haven't yet found exactly where that line might be, we must understand that in order for any progress to be made, experimentation must be done or else we're not going to progress. And I say this carefully because that does not mean I'm for the killing of embryos on a massive scale. But if I had to put it in simple terms, we must start somewhere in order to learn. I personally believe that just like with anything, in order for progress to be made, sacrifices must be made. I mean, people don't really complain about, you know, cows and pigs being slaughtered to eat. And yet, you know, a lot of those people that don't complain about that will complain that when you're killing uh, when you're extracting embryos, you're essentially killing a fertile human being to test on, on them, right? Now, again, I'm going to play devil's advocate and whatnot and go back and forth, but I do believe at the end of the day, how else will we know if we don't test a certain amount? Now, looking at the other side of this, I also have to admit to the fact that the argument can actually be made the other way around, which it most certainly can. If it couldn't, then there wouldn't be an argument. But there's one part of the conservative side of the argument that I fundamentally disagree with, and that is actually during the um, Bush administration, they cut funding and they stopped the research into stem cells for the simple fact that they believed it to be, quote-unquote, cheating God. And so the point would be deemed fair if half of the medical operations that we currently perform in hospitals, which, you know, are all legal, of course, wouldn't also be quote-unquote, cheating God. And I'm not trying to convince you to think one way or the other, but just hear me out. When someone receives a heart transplant or a liver transplant or any type of operation that involves the replacement or repair of a particular human organ, aren't we cheating God, technically? Right? And so for the people that are okay with that, but they're not okay with stem cell research, I mean, the whole point of stem cell research and therapy is to repair our damaged parts of our body. Right? So wouldn't God want you to repair damaged parts of your body? I mean, that's just, you know, one way of looking at it. I mean, this is something I would argue towards the conservative-leaning thinkers who claim that stem cell research is, you know, cheating God and cheating, you know, going against the Bible and Jesus and whatnot. Because if that is cheating God, then in theory and by definition, in technically, you should presume that all other methods of medical transplants that are currently in use right now are essentially defying what our, you know, what God intended for us to do. So in theory, I mean, I'm, I'm essentially arguing that if you say that stem cell research is cheating God, then fine. But if you need a heart transplant or a liver transplant, you shouldn't get it because that's cheating God as well. I mean, it's being, you're, you're taking your heart out and having someone else's heart put in you. So if you're arguing the same thing about stem cell research, then I guess God wouldn't want you to to do that as well, right? To have that heart, that new heart put in. So, 
I mean, it's just something to think about regardless of which perspective you lean. And I encourage everybody listening to think about this. And if, if you have an opposing view, that's fantastic. Because like I said, you, we can't just go slaughtering embry, uh, embryos for the sake of research. But I think research in this field, like so many other things, can't be halted either. Now, I want everyone to keep in mind that I haven't even scratched the surface behind the different types of uh, stem cells, how they work, and what they can and may be able to do down the road with more and more research. But what I've tried to do in this episode is cover as much of the basics and the necessities as possible so that I could give people a much better understanding and you know, a better grasp of what stem cells are, how some of them work, and why we as humans are actually studying them as well as the moral and ethical dilemmas behind all of this. So I encourage you to take your own, um, to make your own conclusion about this and to also do your own research on stem cell therapy. Because even though I will be uh, making future episodes about this, I don't want people thinking that I covered all aspects of this very, very complex and in-depth subject just in this one episode alone.